0: Greetings. Um, I'm back doing a podcast. It's been a while. There's been a lot going on, a lot to process uh, personally. And I think in the world, we're uh, definitely going through, I would call, major upheaval. It might not appear to be so the way people are trying to in the media. Uh, not just Western media, but around the world, you know, act as if we can actually solve our problems without discussing, you know, I would say consciousness transformation. I wouldn't even put it in the category of some kind of 1970s or 80s, you know, transformation. It's uh, It really is getting to the nub of the things that are going on in the world. And I'm going to discuss sort of the Me Too movement briefly with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. Not about them personally, per se, because I don't really like to get into that with uh, celebrities uh, or people of public interest and or, that are in the public. But I like to look at their charts as a more of a universal and more of a, a template, an archetype of what can happen in anyone's chart. So um, that was a big deal going on, f- I guess, for a few weeks. And um, and it does, you know, have a particular uh, poignant aspect to it because of the, at least primarily in Western media and America, the Me Too movement and the things that have happened around that. It, and it's important, especially uh, surrounding the things going on with the Supreme Court decisions and the abortion issue, and the January 6th committee, and basically Pluto is in Capricorn, and the U.S., as I've said before in other podcasts, is going through its Pluto return. So, you know, it's basically throwing the cards up in the air, 52 pickup, throwing anything against the wall to see if we could get some modicum of truth out of anybody in the body politic, and in institutions of what the hell is going on. And I think we all know the truth, because we all hear and see the lies. And it happens with us individually in our own lives, and it happens on the wider collective level, as it is has been shown. So... You know, it's been quite a while since I've been doing a podcast. There's been a lot of uh, things that I've been thinking about because of what has just unfolded going on in the world and especially in the U.S., which is, you know, the U.S. Pluto return is, you know, the massive upheaval that we are experiencing. And it is not to say that we have not experienced that before. The 60s were extremely... Involved in that type of upheaval on a different level, because not all people were included in the changes and consciousness and in terms of business and work. And um, I would say uh, in culture at that time, we had um, very well-educated men burning draft cards in the 60s, you generally speaking and opposing that and a uh, fairly more you know college age because they were conscripting people they were drafting people so w- there were other portions of society in america that were not engaged in this because they were just trying to get by they were just trying to make a living they were just trying to to have a life so many many aspects of so-called minorities were to some degree uh which is what the Black Panthers put forward in a major way, like, we need justice here, and they were had every right to do that, um, to put forth their position in this. So the 60s was just the beginning after this sort of intermediate love piece and music and all this stuff that was part of it, the music and the consciousness raising, like, there's no way we're going to a war that's just killing people, and we don't know what we're doing there. So that was sort of the beginning trajectory of the upheaval, and then Watergate hit and all of this stuff. And I think, you know, we knew how the story ended with all that. But again, we're still back at trying to understand why um, forces in this situation, very extremely... Uh, set in their ways about um, keeping America kind of chained to the 1950s and this dream ideal, this Disneyland world they think we still live in or they live in, uh, why they keep pushing that. And this is especially noted in the focus of the abortion issue, which um American women who have complete agency over their own bodies as people under the United States Constitution, and as people, as spirits, as souls, they have complete control. Why there are so many still in institutional environments that are trying to take that away from Uh, at least in this case, American women. As far as the rest of the world, they have their own situations and most Western democracies are fine with it. And it's it's a very difficult area to discuss because everybody's got, you know, their ideological wishes and dreams around that and they have their views because religion and dogma, of course, you know, in their view, the belief system overrides the constitution and our way in which we have uh, laws, not dogma, that is supposedly within our constitution to be the uh, prevailing influence. So we have that to deal with. And it does tie in with, you know, we've had this for 50 years going on, and suddenly, you know, we've had this right, and suddenly we are now you know, living sort of in a Taliban-esque environment. What is that about? I mean, didn't we go to fight the Taliban and put schools there? And all of these things are going on. So the, the um, irony and the hypocrisy of this situation, and that includes, you know, basically our two primary parties, Democrat and Republican, because nobody will allow a third party to even really exist here, uh, is the hypocrisy exists in both. The body politic of hypocrisy exists in both. They're trying to work with one group that doesn't want to work with them, or there's a few people in the so-called Democratic Party that say, you know, I won't get hired again if I vote for this, and they just are lifers. They're in there. They're not really doing what the intention was in terms of our Congress, our House and our Senate, which is public service. There are a few that are doing it. And I think we know the ones that have spoken out about that and have actually done that. I think think a handful, unfortunately, uh, both men and women, and on both sides of the aisle, if you want to put it in such strict binary terms. But We don't have enough of those people that are serving as public servants. They're basically, they get a job, it pays okay, they get money from donors, and they have great health care, and they belong to a great club in D.C., and then they sail away and they keep these jobs forever. So this country has got to come up with some amendments and some things that are going to change in terms of term limits for the Supreme Court, for the House, and for the Senate, because it's really impossible to evolve a government any government that we see now whatever it may be in in terms of the rule of law or, or parliamentary procedure whatever you want to call it if you have people in government sitting in government like you know something out of the 1850s the House of Lords or something, for till they're till they're ninety years old, they got in at thirty five or forty, and they're there like uh, a Chuck Grassley type person. I don't mean him personally, but just his age is almost ninety. And even uh, on the Democratic side, Nancy Pelosi and other people. Yes, I mean Democrats generally want to serve the people. I don't really know about the people in the GOP uh, in their areas. Some do, some don't. You know, they're far more related to their own constituents in their areas. But these people are literally, there. they should be at home knitting or enjoying making pasta and drinking wine. They should not be in government while people in their 20s and 30s are trying to make a life for themselves under rules that were made in 1950 and 60, and even earlier. And now, with this abortion issue, it's just going to blow up in our face Uh, It's just going to get harder and harder. And the reason being is because when um, the so-called billionaire Donald Trump got in there, before this Pluto return in the USA really kind of kicked in, although he was sort of the, um, I would say, the shot across the bow getting him in there. um, You know, he's a entrepreneur you know money family comes from money he could care less about people living in Arkansas or Kentucky or people that you know are not living in big cities with money Democrat or Republican people that are just so high on the economic scale they could care less about laws and government because they live their lives way beyond them you know they you know they just pass you know right you know they get get they get through with everything they get under the line with everything. So he's kind of that person, grew up with a lot of money. And so he sort of kicked that off. And now we're left with all of the people that he got in there in terms, especially our Supreme Court, um, or helped to with Mitch McConnell and Don McGahn, who were Don McGahn. Um, into suppressing voters, and obviously, and suppressing voters that are more liberal or more freedom loving voters. That's a really sort of colloquial, terrible way to put it freedom loving. It just sounds so ancient. Um, but people that actually want to have laws that protect them and that are geared toward more. Um, liberal and open-minded and more American values basically. And I think people for the American way, it's a great group. I think that they have tried to push this a lot as many other groups have done. So anyway, the Pluto return of America is, is uh way knee deep. We're in, in it. And, uh, Pluto goes into Aquarius in 2023 for a little bit, and then it moves back. That's kind of how it knows it retrogrades back. And, um, And it also has uh, us involved now in a European war um, for Ukraine and for NATO, which is, is valuable and it's righteous in its own way. It is very sad to see this going on for the Ukrainian people and for the European countries that now have to deal with this again. Um, and, you know, when when Sweden and, and Norway want to get into NATO um, and Finland, I mean, you know things are bad because they're always, you know, very uh, – their whole thing is neutrality and an ambiguity and you can put your money in our bank and leave us alone and we're small and stay away. I mean, they, they do care, but it's like they don't want to get involved. And now, you know, they want to join NATO. That's how – incredibly horrible this situation has blown up to. Putin, his chart is an absolute mess. I mean I'm just gonna say it here. I don't care what any other astrologer thinks, Vedic or otherwise. He's got all this stuff in the 12th house, his Libra planet, Scorpio rising, and Pluto is squaring all of those. And a square as I've indicated before is just, you know, constantly difficult, hard aspects that you're fighting against the grain. And he's stopped. I don't know if he's ill. I have no idea if he's ill physically. I certainly think he's uh, gotten to the place psychologically where he believes he's the incarnate, reincarnation of Peter the Great, and he's going to bring Russia back to some sort of uh, communist-level uh, glory, you know, after the revolution excuse me in 1917 which is not going to happen anybody with a brain and a and a conscience including the oligarchs that are going what the hell are you doing knows that that's never going to happen again so he may be lost in his miasma his illusion And, you know, he can. He's got tons of money. He has people protecting him. And it's easy to be buffered and cloistered and in your own bubble when, you know, the rest of the world is blowing up and you're telling people to, you know, throw another bomb on Kiev or somewhere else. And you're just sitting there, you know, chucking down caviar and champagne and getting calls and saying, yeah, boss, things are going great. So his time is very limited. And I believe that on some level, whether he can accept it or not, I really don't know, and I really don't care. Uh, He knows that, but the body knows, and and he's just probably just going for broke. I'm going to go down in history, you know, I'm going to make a great splash and get out of this where people will adore me and, you know, what I tried to do. And if he thinks he's going to get Ukraine back, which is a giant country, if you look at it, like, the terrain of Ukraine, uh, and I didn't mean that to be rhyming, but it did. <laughs> um, it's huge. It's it really is almost bigger than Texas. It's gigantic. And um, Zelensky, Mars, and Leo, and he's forty four years old. I mean he he and his buddies and NATO helping him and everything in America. The, you know he's never going to get that whole country. Um, and if he thinks we're going to have another Iron Curtain where Eastern Ukraine is owned by Russia, good luck with that. You know, nobody's going to do the redo of the Iron Curtain. So all of this has yet to be determined. And unfortunately, the people that suffer the most are those that are caught in the middle of it. Their lives are destroyed. They, they had a nice apartment, an okay life. They went to their job. They have their children. They... Live their life, and you know, suddenly there's bombs from Russia or whomever it may be. Certainly, America's done its uh, job in that way not job, but it's it's uh worst in certain areas, Vietnam and other places doing those kinds of things, and um, and then you know, trying to make it better. But this is pretty much uh, unprovoked wholesale. Slaughter. I have not gonna, you know, go back to the George Bush mission accomplished, what happened on 9 11, and get into that because the astrology on that and the charts and all of those things are so deeply involved with so many other situations that it would take. A convo of people studying this, people that are experts at demolitions and all kinds of things of what really happened on 9 11. I have my views, which, you know, I'm certainly not going to express here at this point, but um, this has just been just out of the blue, unprovoked. And um, lo- these regular, normal, regular people, cool people, young people, anybody, their lives are like, what the hell do we do now? and all of these other countries are taking them, and they've done a beautiful job, Poland especially. But, you know, this is not, and it is not going to end well. And 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 especially for Putin, at the end of the day, and Russia. They think that they can just, you know, sail through with nothing. We've had nothing before. I've I've heard that story so often from the uh, the soapbox of the sort of semi-communist sort of Yeltsin, Glasnost, all of this stuff over the decades. We've had nothing before. We can do it again. Well, they've had a lot of free, freedom, freedom after, uh, Gorbachev. They've had a lot of regular Western types of crap and and easy stuff in their country and access to a lot of more open and freedom types of commerce and things, and businesses. So they've enjoyed a lot of that. There's a lot of people living there other than Putin and whoever he lives with and his minions. And, you know, they're not going to like this. This is not 1917 anymore. This is not some glory of Peter the Great. Uh, It has, this has nothing to do with any of that. It's just someone sick weirdo ideology of bringing something back that can never come back. It it, it will never be the same. I don't care how they think. It's just going to be a chaotic mess for everyone to clean up. Probably NATO as well, because we in NATO, countries in NATO, will have the responsibility of rebuilding Ukraine. And hopefully we'll be able to do that. We'll have to. Russia's not going to do it, or whoever is running Russia, unless they decide to, you know, tell Putin to go away, or you're done, or we'll help out, or something. I mean, and the Russian people didn't start this, so it's not their job to do it. So, again, leaders run amok. So, that's the Pluto return that America's having. We're involved in a sort of NATO-esque European war. We have the abortion issue after 50 years of getting this sort of not codified, but at least settled as far as settled law in a way. And, um, And not having women have to do back alley abortions, which is the colloquial term for that. It's a term. So now all of this is off the table. Now it's just, you know, whatever the hell happens all of this stuff and then constant saber rattling of nuclear war so all of it including climate change and all these things everything is on the table and you know and then we have this sort of weirdo pentagon ET sort of semi-disclosure of, yeah, there's UFOs, and I've studied this for many years, as many people have. Um, and it's just this watered-down version of, yeah, we're not the only people, you know, in the galaxy, and and there is life beyond us. There's sort of this, this uh, you know, way of not really giving in or not really saying, you know, we're not the only game in town. The galaxy is filled with life forms, blah 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 since Roswell and it's sort of this piecemeal way of putting it out there with these UFO things and the only way you get some of the real stuff is when you look at these documentaries that some some of the newer ones are very well done in terms of evidence and all that. So we have the Pentagon throwing little bits of this out like what is that about? We've got a Supreme Court that wants to turn our Constitution back to, you know, beyond, before 1940, like some Federalist thing, like literally the founders in a room signing a paper. We've got the Pentagon sort of copping to, yeah, there are or there are UFOs, the Pentagon of all places. Really? I mean, that's amazing. Uh, and not amazing in a way. Why would they even want to come up with that right now? And then we're fighting in Ukraine, we're helping the Ukrainians and NATO as is our job and is our responsibility. And we're getting people on board with that. Meanwhile, um we have a bunch of people that are going to run for GOP jobs and even Democrats that are some are running for whatever the hell it's going to be in the midterms and And whatever's going to happen if Joe Biden can make it through another presidential election or someone else, everything is up for grabs. And anybody who thinks anything is set, whether it's crypto or Twitter or, you know, uh, we're going to be able to go on a, you know, be able to do the space station will be perfect and all this political stuff will be worked out. Nothing, nothing is settled. In this process. And it won't really even be settled within the next five to six years. I mean, as far as a period of settling, we are actually in a period of psychological, what I call psychological, astrological, sort of a World War II phase in the U.S. and perhaps in other countries, because we're all running on this petrodollar thing, and we're all running on fossil fuels, and our money base is on that and our world economy and then there's covid and then there's other types of viruses i mean you want to walk, wipe out populations every single sci-fi movie says get yourself you know uh, a parasite or get yourself a virus because viruses mutate that viruses live to mutate that is their life and so all of this is occurring with a backdrop of people trying to hold on to the past of whatever they think is worthy um, in terms of, you know, I would say American values here, because I'm here and, and in any other country of the past. You know, what happened to me? Why can't I have this? Why aren't we including all of humanity in these discussions, or as much of it as we can, especially with the Western countries, which are in their own way trying to salvage whatever, you know, 70-year-after-post-war you know, post post World War II democratic values that were held on to for so long. They're trying to do that. Some are doing it from a POV they're seventy five years old. Some are doing it from a POV where they're forty four years old or they're thirty years old. We have every generation because of medical uh medical um advances, uh Able to live to your 80 and 90, eating better, getting better medical attention. So every single generation, they're not dying off. They're still around. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's an amazing thing that a person Joe Biden's age in our country is president, I think he's a a good person. uh, But it's amazing that this is a person that is now a president. We should be having someone running our country or perhaps other countries that are more postmodern in the Western world, per se, that are in their 50s or 40s, people that are ready to dig in for two more decades. But he's doing a decent job. But, you know, it's like FDR being sick, holding on to everything you can hold on to. We're holding on to what we can as far as our democratic values. I mean, we're trying. Most are trying. I think people are trying, but they have to get up to go to work every day. They have to live. They have to either work at home or go somewhere. They have daycare. They have all of these things that make it harder for them to say, gee, do I really care about voting for Joe Schmo or Mary Schmo? You know, I need to feed my kids. All of these things are not really being addressed. And we know the people that are really trying to address these things. We know them. We see them in every country. And we know the people that don't care about addressing these things. And most of them, unfortunately, in many ways, are in big leadership positions in many countries. So that's what's going on, folks, with the USA Pluto return. And it's also affecting other countries as well. The Pluto and Capricorn experience, which is what I call it. I think, I think Disney, in its new incarnation... Of course, it can't be in Florida, but in LA should have the Pluto and Capricorn space mountain ride because that would be a ride that would never end. I mean, literally you could get on and go, my God, I thought I would, it would never end. And I was starving. And it, I mean, it should be a ride because it's not ending. Pluto will go into Aquarius. Saturn is in late Aquarius right now. Um, it's making its sojourn through that. And we're certainly experiencing that you know, the reality of democracy, what does it mean? What are we doing with it? How do we apply it? What is it? What is it really giving us? Um, And how can we really make it better? Where it's more inclusive, Uh, way, way, way more inclusive, like, you know, all of it. And it's it's a difficult question because we have to deal with ideologies and belief systems and religions and dogmas. So, you can't get purity out of that. So the law, we have, you know, a nation of laws, and these laws aren't necessarily really working for us because now we've stacked the court with a bunch of people that their their POV and their mission is to roll back time. You know, um, take the time machine and roll it back. And they have made, they have said that. I'm not making it up. I'm not sitting here, you know, putting words in their mouth. They are federalists, mainly federalist uh, judges, and they come from a place of, you know, well, when they sign this paper in 1776 or before, and, you know, it's got to be the way it is. And we don't live in those times. The spirit of the law changes with the times. It's the mores of the times. It's the whole point of the evolution of the Constitution and the law, And the laws change and they're amended. They're amended to become more inclusive. They're not amended to just let people break the law. They're amended to become inclusive as to, you know, why we are extending these laws to include this and that because people are getting hurt. And um, most Americans want to keep what we've had with Roe v. Wade. You know, they want to have that available to them. And um, most Americans are sane enough to know that um, they they want to choose. Generally speaking, they want to choose their families and how many people they want. Often, it doesn't happen that way. in In certain strong religious uh, elements going on, they don't do that. But but most people, whether they say it or not, really would like to have a. They want a choice. And women uh, certainly have agency over their own bodies um that's a constitutional right it's a human right it's a spiritual right and in my view being um understanding astrology and understanding uh, the trajectory of how one moves through things spiritually and having that connection and that foundation that spiritual right is number 1 That is the solic right of any person in a human body. I can only speak for someone in a human body because this is the planet I live on. Other galaxies, who knows? I have no idea what they do. I'm sure it's far more advanced than what we're doing here. Uh, But that is our spiritual right. And that is what's trying to be moved upon. So I'm going to go on to this Me Too thing briefly with this um, unfortunate case with uh, wonderful actor Johnny Depp and his young wife, Amber Heard, um, who's been in doing movies for quite a few years. And I just see with Johnny Depp that, you know, uh, in his chart, uh, Uranus... Uh, is going through um Taurus and he's got that um, Venus and he's got Venus and Mercury conjunct in Taurus and up in his tenth house, which is career and all of that so I'm gonna look at this from a career point of view, not his personal situation, but as a person having this up there, it just means that it's it is quite likely yes, he's been through a very difficult time trying to salvage his uh, relationship as well as his reputation in in many ways. And then he gave up and said, forget it, let's just go to court. Um, But Uranus up there uh, transiting through his 10th house in career does mean that he has an opportunity to either expand his prospects in work, and it would mean this for anyone as well in their profession, um, and have greater Accessibility to more interesting projects and more advanced projects that might coincide very well with his more artistic nature. Uranus is always going to support the artistic nature in someone and the freedom that they need. And um, in the 10th house, it means, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to be anybody's puppet. I am going to demand and move through whatever I need to and get to a better place. And he certainly stated that in court during these proceedings, obviously. But Uranus, in anyone's tense, as I see it moving through his, as a a transit happening, um, that, you know, he will probably do more artistic projects, and it's possible he will do more franchise-type things, which are big and interesting, because if... Nothing else, his, what he gives to a, to any part that he does, it's always interesting and it's always a very unique POV and perspective on the character that he is portraying. So that will get better for him. It's going to be in there for a while and then it will move into his 11th and, you know, as it goes into, um, later on, uh, Taurus, uh, you know, into Gemini and that's going to take some time. It'll, it'll be up there. It's going to, which it will very soon, not super soon, but it's getting there, uh, hit his Mercury at 25 uh, Taurus and his Venus, which is his sort of his celebrity position in his chart in the 10th house, which is reputation and career. It will hit both of those, um, and that will be in a little while, maybe another year, 6 months somewhere in there. I know it's hitting mine cuz I have Taurus ascendant, so it's going to take a little while. But um but he's going to be it's going to be in his 10th, so it could be very interesting in terms of the things and the projects he takes on. It could be that he would be more into his music and do different types of things. But there will be a lot of opportunity for him to expand his platform and what he wants to do as he gets into his more mature years of acting and music. There'll be many opportunities for him. And um, since he embraces the unique and the unusual, he's a person, uh, as his chart portrays uh, in his chart, in Leo rising, his sons in Gemini and... and um uh you know it's it's in his 11th so he embraces uh the unusualness of what he has to offer he's not against it he doesn't fight against it so he'll have many opportunities to express that and and um roll with it as he chooses to and um not be in fear of losing what he's gained so far Um, He's a person, there's an an element of true humility. It's certainly evocative in his chart that does depend and enjoy his fans. Uh, Not a lot of artists do. I mean, they certainly care. They want people to listen to them, to hear them, to see their movies and, and whatever their performance is. But he's someone who wants to give in that way, and he does gain a lot of joy from that. So that's going on for him. I see him moving on from this particular difficult time. And in terms of the Me Too thing, I I do feel, this is just my take on it, um, other people probably feel differently, that since Uranus transiting his 10th during this particular trial with his ex-wife, that it will set a precedent for trials or for people going to court where it's going to make it harder for them to just get by with he said, she said. They really will have to produce evidence of abuse or those kinds of horrible issues um, against each other or even with um, companies doing it. Uh, This was more individual, so it's harder to get a take on that as far as The trajectory of that. But people will have to have some really good foundation for their allegations and also the defense to um, go into court, spend a lot of money, and try to either prove a falsity or something that didn't happen or did happen. There's going to have to be a lot more evidence. It's this particular, with Uranus and his tenth has set the bar, a precedent for this kind of um, I would say very important me too movement it is. I mean certainly Harvey Weinstein and all these people I mean my god that went on for years. I'm but in in individual cases or in certain cases it is not the case where there has been abuse either to a man or a woman or any person that identifies in a certain way. Um you know there's got to be there's going to have to be a lot of evidence that the jury could hear if one takes it to trial for this to be um, adjudicated in a way where uh, somebody just comes out with either on top and has done you know their bit to put in their evidence or not. You can't just say, hey, I want to hire some lawyers and I don't have much, but here it is. Many people, as well as attorneys, will not take this on unless they know they can win it. And they will try to get it dismissed. So, it will set a precedent for, you know, I'm going to use this as, um, not as a, I wouldn't call it a whipping post or a, a a way in which to punish people, men or women, or anybody identifying as something other than that binary system. Um, but it will require people coming in with something that's real instead of just Twitter and false allegations and you know, Facebook and, you know, people, uh, recording people and not showing the whole recordings of things and, um, just basically, uh, trying to gotcha and all this kind of thing, like recording and, and also, um, Uh, editing visual and auditory types of so-called evidence from an iPhone. Generally, this is where it comes from. People have iPhones. Oh, yeah, I'm going to hit record. This is what I'm doing. You know, and suddenly you're on there saying, screw you or some terrible expletive. And it's really about either the beer or the wine or the crappy meal you're eating. It's not about the person you're sitting with, you know, but it's edited, or it's only a portion is heard. And so, it's going to be far more difficult for even attorneys or law firms or people to take these on unless they know there's a substantial case. I think that, that Uranus, through his 10th house, said he kind of just said, okay, I'm done. I'm setting the bar here. As for Ms. Hurd, Amber Hurd, um, in her chart, um, she has uh, got the same thing going on because they both have uh, Leo rising. Very interesting there. Hers is very early. His is at 12, Leo. And Uranus, of course, the way that's set up, they're almost like twins, a weird karmic twin connection there. Um, Uranus is going through her 10th house. So, you know, both of them in their own way because they really needed to, uh, you know, fight this out in court in this way, I suppose. It had to go down this way for the kind of personalities they are, what was happening. Um, She has that as well. So with her fighting back or doing whatever she needs to do in terms of her POV. um, She is also setting a precedent with him. So it's not like somebody wins, somebody loses. It's more like they have now set the bar of we need evidence. And um, we realize that when people are, I call it karmic, uh, karmic collision or karmic, connection (laughs) that's my view of charts that you know um, when you have two people get together and you know we have had relationships like this um generally people that have that go into life with they want more out of life whether they're performers or not or whether they do any of that people that are more interesting or they have uh well they're they just they want to live life more to the fullest. Let's put it that way. And it's kind of a rather meager way to put it. But what they do is they they meet up with their their demon, their devil, their other, their their doppelganger if you want to call it on a psychological level. It's kind of like and I call it sort of with certain charts when they meet, it's a karmic collision or it's a karmic connection. I don't even get into soulmates and soul twins until I really go deeply into two charts, because that is of a spiritual nature. In the charts with these two people, uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I would call this a, you know, definite, definitely a karmic connection. There's no doubt about it. I think every astrologer that even wants to study these charts would know that, which is important. We need to, to meet people that wake us up. And it's not just him getting awakened, it's her as well. Both are waking each other up. It isn't just a one-way street here uh, as to what we should and should not be doing or who we should be involved with and who we should not be involved with. And when you're constantly in a toxic, you know, uh, fight club, punch out, whatever you call it, and I don't mean it physically, I'm sure that happened because it was brought out in that way, but even if you're not, you're just yelling and it's verbal crap and it's really difficult because... People do that. They say terrible things to each other. They go through. And um, so they do that. And, you know, sometimes it gets physical. Sometimes it doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't get physical. But anyway, these two, you know, very intense people, both of them, they just really have a somewhat similar chart. Not completely. She's young, way younger than him. But um, there are a lot of similarities. And, you know, her Mars and her... Her uh, moon are in Capricorn, and um, and she, uh, you know, she has it conjunct his moon in Capricorn. That's pretty tough. It's a pretty tough combination. Mars and moon, oh my God. That's like two moons punching it out with Mars. His moon's in Capricorn, her Mars is in Capricorn. And um, let's see, uh, what's going on here? Oh yeah, her moon's in Libra. library, excuse me. Her Mars uh is in capricorn conjunct his moon in capricorn so that's where the intensity comes from part of it anyway but this case uh in terms of their charts and everything will set a precedent that will uh make it harder it, people will really have to prove on either side uh what whatever it is that they have a case to be tried in court because um this the element of of what was heard in court and what was brought out, and both of them speaking and their their positions on things, was so voluminous. It was a six week trial. Um, I mean, we thought Liz Burton, Liz Taylor, and and um, and uh, Richard Burton were a big deal, and and other you know other types of divorces and things like this in the so called olden days of. Uh, spousal fights were big, but this was really lived out in the courtroom because he wanted to clear his name. And by inference of whatever she wrote, and the ACLU was involved, and the Washington Post, and everything. And she wanted to give her story as to what she went through. And clearly, she's younger and needs more in many ways, probably from a personal relationship. And, you know, he was well on his way into maturity. And, you know, you can't. Always be there, giving twenty-four hours a day, or be the perfect person for somebody. Now that may happen where you're the same age in in chart connections, but often it happens when one person is older than the other, or there's a disparity in that way, whether it's economically or reputation, or whether it's in your age. So, but this case with both of the the Ranas transiting through their tenth house will be a hallmark case. People will refer to it. Um, going forward, they will probably, you know, um, cite chapter and verse of it, which is not fun for anybody. Both people, uh, she's got a road to go through. Um, she can continue her career if she chooses to do that. She just has to be brave and do it. He can certainly continue his career. And, um they can learn from this. It's basically a learning, a giant, giant learning experience with Uranus going through their 10th house of reputation and work. It's just like, wake up and remember who you are and where you want to go from here and what you want to do with your life and stop projecting it on others. Bring it in to your sphere of who you are and nobody is responsible for your for the decisions you make, for who you are, or the the actions you make. And um, in Amber Heard's case, I think she has a little more work to do. Uh, she's younger, so that can happen. But Moon and Libra, they tend to project a little bit more that it's somebody else's problem because they, they're they very into the other because it's always the balance, the scales. There's always a the other person. His Moon... Uh, Johnny Depp's moon is in Capricorn. He's far more introverted. Um, he takes responsibility pretty strongly and takes it on. He probably should be a little more lighthearted. But, you know, he's lived his life and he's carrying on. For her, she's going to grow and change from this, and he is as well. The, the whole idea of these things, karmic combustion, karmic collision, karmic connection, is to learn from these processes to learn, let's not do this again. And I don't mean for these people personally, I mean, anybody with these things that when I've done clients where they come and I'm really trying to make this relationship work in this marriage and this, and there are some connections that because of the person's identity and who they are and what is going on from their childhood bringing it the imprints they bring into their marriage and then the other person had tons of imprints of difficulty you just you just hit a point where you collide if you don't if you're not at work changing that on the way to that before you get into an intensely connected attracted relationship i mean we are attracted to each other's psychosis basically Oh my God, there's so much like me, how great is that? And then you realize, oh shit, you know, I really, excuse my language, really am not, you know, don't want to carry this out for any length of time. But nevertheless, you find yourself in that position. And these are awakening moments. Uranus is the great awakener. And, you know, people laugh at that word because, of course, it implies many things. It's a funny, funny way to say it, but it is an incredible planet. It's so interesting. And it awakens our senses. It awakens when it's passing through different parts of our chart to what we can be and what we have already experienced. Like, It isn't the fear level of, oh, I'm not going to do that crap again. It's more, I have seen the light. I now know this was really not a good idea. And I have learned through this experience. And now I will loosen up the bonds of my fear or the things that brought me to this place or got me to this mud puddle of life. And I'm out of it. And it took a really big push mentally, emotionally, physically to get out of it. And now I'm going to try to endeavor not to fall into those little traps and pitfalls of that. But it requires an awakening of consciousness not to do that it requires a commitment to bring that consciousness up and to understand it requires heart and it requires soul not just intellectual ascertaining intellectually what happened or observing that's important very very important but it's that's not the only thing one must experience the emotional and the solic part of where did this bring you to, where I'm not going here again, I'm not going to participate in this again. This is not evolving me. And both of these charts, you know, looking at it from the Me Too movement and that POV, um, you know, they, unfortunately, their dirty laundry was out all over the trial. And I think that, I don't know about You know, I think that Johnny Depp, uh, as a person, is older, maybe he could handle more of that. Um, Yeah, I'm willing to do this. I'm not sure about Amber Heard. I'm sure it was difficult in in many ways, as it would be for anybody. Um, Although she's strong in her own right, and, you know, she was willing to sit there and go through it and wanted to counter sue. So there's strength there. So the strength from this point on should be used to... Be with people where you're enjoying them and cooperating, and you know not everything is sweetness and light and fun. There has to be some sort of uh, difficulty or some kind of um, interest and and challenge to go through, but it doesn't have to be as destructive as so many people get involved with in these relationships and, and call it, oh, I'm evolving, when it's so destructive. It's ridiculous. We don't just evolve from the destruction that we kind of are drawn to or the weirdness or the strange calamities that draw our attention. Um, we evolve from the joy and the light and the seriousness of love and connection and psychic joy and psychic creation together. We evolve just as much as are drawn to the dark and the calamitous nature of human nature, which we have. We all have that. I mean, Freud and Jung explored that extensively. Thank God they were around. And the two of them disagreed all the time. Jung was, I want to transcend this darkness. I want to see what it really is, the gorgon, the miasma, the phantasmagoria in front of me. And Freud was like, you will never transcend that. It is always going to be in human nature, a part of human nature. It is always part of the core, the atomic DNA core of the human being. They are drawn to darkness and light. It is just the way it is, and you will never transcend it. And Jung was all about I'm not saying I want to get rid of it, Freud. It will be there. I'm I'm accepting that. I want to see it and go to the level where it's transcended, where there's a joy that it is just as exciting to be psychically amazed by life and thinking and loving and being in life as it is to be amazed by the dark and the weirdness of the dark, and the calamitous, strange nature of the dark that is so elusive and seductive to human beings. So I I definitely studied them a lot early, early on. Uh, They were my favorites, of course. I mean, who could not love both of those people? Um, As Freud said, I'm bringing calamity to America. I don't know, was it something in the... uh, in that movie. It was really good. I don't, um, you know, a dangerous method was really lovely. It was a capsulized version of their relationship and, and the talking method, which is, you know, was pretty much way beyond talking. But, you know, when you bring psychology to America, these happy Americans enjoying life, you know, in the very early 20th century, late and late 19th century, it's like, you know, you're bringing, you know, tons of European psychology and Uh, peoples and nations that have lived for thousands of years that know all kinds of crap about human nature and dying. And America's like, we're just happy to be here. We just want to make a new life. It's so much fun. And we're enthusiastic and it's new. We haven't been around very long. And, you know, it doesn't matter. You're human. And that grounds you. It keeps the gravity there. You know, all of us want to go beyond the excesses of our nature and the calamities of human nature and our natures. So these charts and these two, just to wrap up the, I would say uh, it's uh, apropos to the Me Too movement, um, they will not take away the push to get justice for people that are abused, men or women, anybody, anybody identifying, no matter what it is, whom, whom, children, uh, parents and children, parents abusing children, children, maybe older children abusing parents, um, elder abuse, it will just make it harder. It will make it more important to have evidence if you are so... um violated and so abused to have evidence before you hit a courtroom and have really good attorneys and, you know, good attorneys, decent, intelligent attorneys, um, talk to a jury and go, this is what happened. Here's the scene of the crime. You have to have some good evidence. So, it will set the bar higher so that frivolous cases and people that can and take care of this in arbitration and in mediation without going to court and, you know, involving a jury and all of that stuff that goes with it. Um, it, They won't have to do that. So it'll, it'll make it a little harder, but it will be worth it because people will really have to look at themselves and wake up, you know, is this really abuse. Can we talk this out? Can we get mediation before we go to DEF CON, whatever. Let's try this and see if we can do this. I realize this is a very high-profile case because there's people that are in the public eye and there's lots of money and, you know, this is like glitzy, glamorous and all of that stuff. So, of course, this is going to be a very big deal as far as the public is concerned. Um, But at the end of the day, these are two people that needed to clarify whatever was going on in their situation, good, bad, indifferent, for years or for however long they were together. I really don't understand what their scene was. I guess they got married and they were together. But anyway, it was quite a few years. They needed to clarify it in the court of public opinion, which is what a jury is for. That's why we bring them in. Uh, I always question a jury of your peers. I mean, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, juries can be skewed, Um, but that's why a good judge and a good pick of juries in in the most fair way, which is really highly questionable sometimes, tell these people, this is the evidence we have. Now, I want you to decide on the evidence. So that is... um, one of the main things i wanted to talk about because there's so much going on and then of course i wanted to deal with some more of the world things but um when i come back and i'm able to get on more regularly hopefully by the end of next week or something i'm going to get more into the planetary placements and i do want to uh do another um i do want to do a uh, one again on Chiron and um the woundedness of Chiron, because that's going on in these charts as well, and as in as in anybody's charts, and also, um, I want to get into the part of fortune and certain asteroids in the chart that actually, you know, have significance in a chart pattern. And placements, again, I didn't do all the placements. I want to go through all the placements, like Mars and Capricorn, Mars and Aries. You know, I went through the other ones in my prior podcasts. And I want to go through all of those and chart setups. Like, some people have bundle charts, some people have bucket charts. These are things that are uh, in more squares than others. Like, I've told you before in prior podcasts that, you know, in my opinion, I um, when you count like squares in a chart and squares are hard aspects they are things you have to work through in this incarnation you know it's like it's it's kind of a now or never thing you got to work through this stuff like if there, if you look at a chart a natal chart and see more than 5 of them this is just my level my 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 bar Five squares, you know, sort of biggies in a chart, and there's six and seven and maybe eight. You're looking at a person who's come in or an entity, a spirit, a soul coming in to this incarnation that wants to work on the issues they need to understand and be aware of and awaken to and be conscious of. So they're putting themselves in situations that will go against their grain. They're not easy. Those trines and those sextiles are always very easy, and they're very harmonious, which is great, because our charts are always balanced out with those. So we get a break in the action. Um, Some charts are just oppositions and squares, and I've done clients like that, and it's just their lives are, you know, they're very, very tumultuous. And they're living them. They're not, you know, going home and going, oh, God, what can I do? You know, can I stick my head down a toilet? I mean, they're just like, they're very tumultuous. But luckily, we have sextiles and trines and things that mitigate some of the hard ones. But the squares, beyond five squares and a natal chart, we're looking at people that want to transform. They want to integrate into a new level of consciousness in this lifetime. So they put themselves to the task of growing through whatever experiences that are pushing them, they're going toward, that are offered to them, they're, they're doing things. And also, again, if you have major cardinal signs in your chart, like for mine, I have six cardinal signs. I'm a person that likes to do. I'm a doer. Everything is, you know, I want to get things done. Um, acting, you know, uh, not acting like acting, but I mean, just getting things done like a action, you know, it's like action. I want things to, from thought or theory to turn into action. When you have a lot of mutable signs going on, more of those energies in your chart. You are creating, if things are mutable, again, they're you're creating, you're thinking, you're creating, your, you're involved in things you just kind of get into and then you create from that. There's not this intensity to act like with the cardinal signs. And when you have fixed signs, it's like, oh, I am on a mission. That's it. If you have a lot of fixed signs... Wherever those are placed, in whatever signs, in in whatever corridor, you have fire, cardinal, uh, mutable, fire, air, earth, water, Um, where they're placed, you have fixated, you are determined to get what you need out of this particular uh, expression or incarnation. And you need to look at where they are and what planets are in what signs and what houses they're in, because again, the houses are the theater of operation, Um, people don't, you know, they talk about the houses. I talk more about them because I think they are important. Um, it's where we're doing things. It's where it's all the actions happening or whatever's happening. It's important. Very, very important. So when I get back, I'm going to break down some stuff and we will get into it. But in the meantime, Saturn's in Aquarius. It's slowly moving through the last part of it. Pluto is going through its death march through Capricorn, and i'm not laughing because the world is really like oh my god it's like uh watching i don't even know just the news is so overwhelming the news is just like a calamity it's every second every second of the day and i encourage everyone to have their meditation and solace place and place of joy because you know, the planet will be fine. It's human beings that are really, you know, walking the tightrope. It's us. And we choose it as 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 species. And we need to understand this is a globe these are global issues. It's not just here, there, and everywhere. You know, we are way out of the 19th century and even the 20th century. We're way out of that. Although There are many people that still kind of think in that mindset, but it's over. That is over. And we can't keep operating in these old ideological systems. They're just not going to work. Nothing will uphold them, nothing. And that's why we see so much breakdown in everything, including, you know, money and finance and all the foundations of our lives. So until um, I do another one of these, uh, I will see you later or here or I'll, you'll hear me later. And um, remember to create your space of calm and joy. And I mean that in the very real sense, you really need it now. We'll get through this, but create that space for yourself And um, remember that joy is definitely worth experiencing. The dark side and calamity can be a lot of fun, and we need to know about it. But joy is important. Joy in a flower, joy in taking a walk through a park, joy in a fabulous time with your friend and having a drink. So until then, take it easy and carry on.